Hello and welcome to The Sharpening Report. I am your host, Josh Peck, and I am excited to welcome to The Sharpening Report for the first time, Mr. Ray Comfort. Now, if you haven't had a chance to do so, make sure you head on over to dailyrenegade.com and get a membership today. Right now, we have a free trial. It's for seven days, so there's no excuse. If you are a member, then you are receiving this video uh, and all of our videos with early access, meaning you're getting them before YouTube or anybody else gets them. Uh, also, with most of our interviews, we have to cut them down for YouTube because YouTube censors us and they delete videos and things like that. With this Ray Comfort interview, we were able to put the whole thing up on YouTube for everybody, but that almost is never the case. Usually, we have to do the first half for YouTube, uh, and that's why we have um, a member section for DailyRenegade.com to get the rest of the interview there. So head on over to DailyRenegade.com today and get a membership. Uh, get a free trial. Try it out before you buy it. Make sure you like it. I have no doubt that you will. And you'll have access to the rest of all of our videos. We have hundreds of videos that you cannot get anywhere else uh, and many, many, many different shows that you will like. All for a Christian audience, all family friend friendly, uh, and most most, th most things you'll never hear in church. So make sure you do that. Head on over to dailyrenegade.com. Also, check the description below. Check the uh, links in the description below. We have links for uh, Ray Comfort's new book that we're going to be talking about today, plus his website, plus several other books from other amazing uh, authors that we've had on the show and hosts at Daily Renegade. Uh, we we also uh, have many other uh, offers available, so always make sure you check that description in the video uh, below. So without further ado, we welcome to the show uh, Mr. Ray Comfort. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching The Sharpening Report. Love you all. Take care. God bless, and enjoy the show. Mr. Ray Comfort, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Much appreciated. This is uh, this is really exciting for me. I've been following your ministry for years now, and uh, it's really exciting to be able to talk to you and meet you for the first time. Uh, first, as is tradition for every new guest on the Sharpening Report, can you give us a bit of your background and testimony, how you came to know Christ, and how that led to your ministry work today? Yeah, I was born in New Zealand twice. Uh, first time, it's a long time ago. Second time, 1972, that was the important one. Uh, April the 24th, I think it was. And became a brand new creature, found everlasting life, went crazy with, uh, with joy and gratitude to God for saving me from death. And I wanted to tell the whole world, so I got a soapbox and put it in the heart of our city and began open-air preaching every day for about, almost every day for about 12 years. Then an itinerant ministry opened up during that time and I began traveling. was in Hawaii uh, sharing a teaching with uh, missionaries called Hell's Best Kept Secret. A pastor from California sat in, uh, disagreed at first, uh, radically, began studying scripture, uh, started calling me New Zealand, and then he said, America must hear this message which come across and uh, base yourself in Southern California. So we've been here for 32 years, just over 32 years. Love it. Love all the different accents. So glad I don't have an accent. <laughs> and... Uh, and anyway, when we first three years, things were quiet. David Wilkerson called from New York, heard the teaching, wanted me to share it with his church. Then uh, Kirk Cameron called me. He had heard the teaching twice, wanted to combine ministries to get the teaching to the church. We created a television show, which is in its fifth season, goes to 198 countries, and uh, that's about it. 
That's amazing. Uh, your new book that, that we're going to talk about today is called uh, Counting the Days, Undeniable Signs of the Last Days. Uh, you're probably most well known for your street evangelism and your television program that you just mentioned, Way of the Master. Uh, what first caused you to become interested in writing a book about Bible prophecy in light of current events? Well, it was one statistic I heard from the CDC in 2020. They said in June of last year, 25 million Americans seriously considered suicide. That took my breath away. When I think of one person taking their life, it just grieves my heart beyond words. But 25 million seriously thinking about killing themselves? So I wrote a book on prophecy um, based on the words of Paul, about Paul in Acts 28, 23, I think it is, where it says the Apostle Paul, he persuaded them concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets. We use the law of Moses, we use the commandments to bring a knowledge of sin, but we use prophecy to establish the credibility of Scripture. Um, only God knows the future. No one knows the future, not even weather forecasters. Many a parade has been rained upon because they got it wrong. Um, psychics don't know the future. They say they do, but if they did, they'd move to Las Vegas, sit next to the roulette wheel and tell us what's going to happen in 10 seconds and become billionaires overnight. So only God knows the future. So when you see the future written in Scripture, it, you've got to say this is, this is the book that God's given to humanity. And so I went through everything in prophecy that's non-controversial and wrote a two-page book with huge font. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything's controversial when it comes to prophecy, pre-trib, post-trib, who's the antichrist, all this sort of stuff. So I try to stay away from that and look at more things like, in the last days, the uh, iniquity shall abound or lawlessness. And we're seeing that everywhere, of the, the despising of the police and people breaking the law, not only man's law, but God's law. Um, and looking at all these other signs like men's hearts will fail them for fear of that which is coming, up, coming upon the earth, which is what we see with the people wanting to kill themselves. And the Jews getting back uh, into Jerusalem in 1967, got Israel in 1949-67. And so there's enough in there for the average non-Christian to say, whoa, Jesus did speak history before it came into being. That gives credibility to the gospel, and the book contains the gospel. And so we're very excited about it. We've got 40,000 printed, sold the first print out much quicker than we thought. So Christians are seeing the potential of a book that scratches where people itch. And, and it's fantastic, too, because, like you said, unfortunately, the study of prophecy has become, uh, in many ways, really controversial. Uh, now, this this ministry, I, I deal I with... I disagree with that. <laughs> well, then you can get off the show. <laughs> this ministry is dedicated to uh, prophecy, and but what I what I enjoy is, uh, I, I really like talking with people who, who can do it well, you know, who, who do it respectfully and lovingly. I like talking with people who have a different view than me because I get to I get to learn something. Sometimes I uh, change my mind, sometimes not. But you know, I think a lot of Christians are are missing out on what could be really fruitful and interesting conversations. Uh, but we get I think we get sometimes too dogmatic on on things that are uh, you know when they get when they get fulfilled we'll know. But there are some things that we just don't like like some of the examples you uh, mentioned. But I do like that your book, uh, like you said, you you kind of bypass some of the controversial stuff to give uh, the the broad 
broad public something that everybody can can read, can see that uh, the Bible does contain fulfilled prophecy. And if it was correct about things that have happened in the past, it's likely to be correct about things that happened in the future. Uh, you open your book with a quote from George Orwell, who said, uh, if you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. And I know that given what has happened in uh, the country recently, many people are feeling like that right now. Is this what you see for our future? And how can people actually know the future for themselves? I wouldn't have a clue what's going to happen in 10 minutes. <laughs> I live in California. But, yeah, things are, are not looking rosy for uh, humanity. There's a, everywhere you look, there's a mess. You know, I sent a text to someone this morning. He's a friend. He's got a great sense of humor. Um, I do have a friend. And I just said, how's the battle? And he wrote back something like, uh, uh, but for the fact that I hate everybody and everything, I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I thought, boy, I wrote back. I said, you're in the same club as me. Everything's annoying me recently. Whoops, even that's annoying. <laughs> cell phone's annoying. The dog starts barking. This morning, the dog begins yelling before it's light. Yelling downstairs. I said, stop your yelling. I go outside. The chickens have got the neatest chicken coop in the world. I mean, Disney's got nothing. This is the happiest place on earth. Lots of fluid food, lots of room, lots of fresh water, and they peek on each other. I've only got a mile drive to work. That's all. Don't do the freeways. But I can guarantee another driver will annoy me on the way to work. And it's just in human nature to be annoyed with everything. Um, uh, chickens pecking on each other. Evolution would say, well, it's survival of the, the nastiest. That's what they kind of believe. But Romans 8 tells us what the problem is. We live in a fallen creation, and the whole of creation is, creation is devouring itself. And, uh, and we've got a wonderful hope in Christ. So... Um, like I said, I don't know the future. It doesn't look good for, for our country. But the darker it gets, the lighter our, 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 bright, our, our brights shine. The lighter our, our lights shine, uh, the darker it gets. And uh, if you look in the book of Acts, as soon as Paul started uh, or Saul started breathing slaughter against the church, that's when the disciples stood up and went everywhere, were scattered preaching the word. So... I got something super exciting about this book that nobody knows about, but I'm going to share it with you. And the reason nobody knows about it is because it's so cool, it's going to create chaos for us as a ministry. We had 40,000 printed first print. Second print is going to be 250,000. We're going to give these books away free of charge in boxes of 100, and we're going to pay the shipping. Wow. And so that means Christians can give them out. That's not the exciting part. Here's the thing that puts it on steroids. About three weeks ago, I thought of the fact that so many people are sitting in their houses scared to come outside, and they're, they're, they're housebound. Um, many a uh, home sweet home sign has been dropped in the trash, I'm sure. So how do we reach them? I'm, the other ones are wearing masks, and you can't approach them. So I remember what, when I was a kid what uh, um, paper boys did. They would throw newspapers up people's driveways. So I got some of our door hanger bags, those plastic bags, put a number of these in them, went in my car, wound the window down, and tossed these up people's driveways. And in about five minutes, I'd done a stack of driveways, went back three days later, and it was so exciting. It was non-confrontational. Nobody approached me. 
it was just out the window and thinking someone's going to pick that up. This is a valuable book. And I went back three days later and every one of those books had been picked up from driveways except one which had been misthrown by an idiot. I hadn't hit the right place and I was sitting on the side. And so we're making a video showing me doing this and saying these books are going to be free of charge and boxes of 100 uh, and we're going to pay the shipping within the United States. So if you're going through financial difficulties and you care about these people, here's something you can do. You can do it in your car. You can do it with a little trolley, a wagon you're pulling, pulling along around the streets. You take your dog for a walk and just toss them up driveways. And uh, we, I want to reach millions of people like this, so we're super excited. So it's, uh, we've just about got our uh, website up and running. We've just about got everything together in the video. So by the time this comes out on your uh, show, we should have it up. So just watch livingwaters.com. Or you could even be um, more specific and go to forward slash CD, CTD, which is counting the day, CTD.com, and it should take you to the page. That's fantastic. That's such a good idea. And we will make sure to include those links in the description below. So if you're watching at home, just go to the video description, whether you're watching this on the Daily Renegade website or you're watching it on YouTube or Rumble or any place like that. Just go to the description and you'll see the links right there uh, for, for that. that. That's such a great idea. I love that. Um, what can you tell us about some of the examples of Bible prophecy being uh, proven true in the past, such as the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD and Israel becoming Coming a nation again in 1948. Yeah, Israel, um, well, Jesus uh, looked at Jerusalem and wept over it, and he said, The day's going to come when they're not a stone will be standing on another. And 70 years later, which is, a, I don't know, maybe a Bible generation, I'm not sure, some will disagree for sure. But uh, Titus came down upon Jerusalem, sieged it, and what a terrible thing a siege is to starve people to death inside or make them weak and then attack them. They came down, came in and took every stone one after the other to get the gold out of the stone. So Jesus' words were completely and perfectly fulfilled in 70 AD. And then uh, Jerusalem, Jesus said, Jerusalem will be trodden of the Gentiles. The Gentile is a non-Jew. Uh, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And Jerusalem was in non-Jewish hands for 2,000 years until 1940, was it 1948, when the Jews, through a uh, 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 declaration of the, the British or something, got Israel, and then they got Jerusalem in 1967, fulfilling the words of Jesus to a T. Jerusalem shall be trodden of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So like I said, these are wonderful things for for people to get their teeth into who are wanting to know if God is real and he's given his word to humanity. The Bible is the word of God. I've been reading it every day without fail for 48 years. There's no mistakes in it. Any mistake I thought I'd found, it was my mistake because I'm fallible. And uh, it's, it's the word of God to dying humanity, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Amen. It truly is. And, and prophecy especially had so much legitimacy. It's it's unfortunate that a lot of churches these days uh, don't teach prophecy anymore, and, and probably because it's become uh, unfortunately con controversial, uh, which it, it shouldn't be, but unfortunately it is. Um, Zechariah uh, is one of one of, one of my favorite books of the Bible, especially because of all the, the prophecy in it, and it's one of the least taught on in churches. Uh, and you mentioned Zechariah in your book. Zechariah 12.3 states, And in that day, 
will I make Jerusalem a burden, a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, uh, though all the people of the earth be gathered against it. And then Zechariah 12, 8 through 9 states, In that day the Lord shall defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass on that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. What can you tell us about these prophecies in light of uh, history and current events? Boy, you seem to have it down. Why don't you share with me what you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> you don't have to think? <laughs> I'd love to, but I didn't co-author the book with you. Maybe next time. <laughs> um, Jerusalem is a pain in the neck. A burdensome stone is what the biblical uh, term is. A burdensome stone, something that's really heavy to carry. We would, in our day, call it a pain in the neck. And it's because Jews and Arabs go together like dynamite and, and flames. Uh, anytime you get them together, and, uh, and, and, and so that's what's happened to Jerusalem. It's one small city that's ca causing international um, headaches and heartaches, especially to study what's happened to it uh, in the, through the United Nations. Um, so it is certainly a burdensome stone. And that's another prophecy being fulfilled you look at all the other cities around, hundreds or thousands of cities around the world. We don't even know the names of those cities. But in the news, Jerusalem, almost every night, something's happening. There's some sort of chaos happening. And, they and there's all the oil involved and all the Arab nations surrounding this tiny nation, leading up to what most people agree is the uh, uh, um, Battle of Armageddon. When Russia, or we don't exactly know who it is, they're going to come down. Russia, maybe China, going to come down on uh, Israel. But then again, that's controversial, and I've stayed away from that as much as I could. Because my agenda isn't really to convince anyone the Bible's the Word of God. And there's a reason for that. The Bible is a very difficult book to swallow if you've got an intellectual undertaking when you when you get to read it. Jonah and the whale, that's hard to swallow. Uh, then you've got uh, Noah's Ark. Uh, you've got... Joshua speaking to the sun and standing still. You've got a talking donkey, all this sort of stuff. is just too much for the human mind. And, and we know as Christians that God's chosen foolish things to confound the wise. The Bible can, deliberately contains dumb-sounding stories, so that's annoying. <laughs> so that uh, only those that are humble of heart uh, will accept it and become as little children. To try and convince someone the Bible is the word of God only is like putting the cart before the horse. Right. The key is to give them the gospel. That's what Jesus said to go and do, preach the gospel to every creature, not to try and convince them the Bible is the word of God or that Jesus is the Christ. When Peter said, uh, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So I give it to God to convince sinners who Jesus is, and all I do is give them the unadulterated gospel that I've been commanded to give them. When someone becomes a Christian, the eyes of their understanding are enlightened, and suddenly the word of God comes alive, and they accept all these stories and know that with God nothing is impossible. So let's make sure we get the horse, the gospel, before the cart, intellectual stuff, uh, so that people get soundly saved.
Amen. And I think that's really smart, too, because a lot of Christians today uh, tend to overcomplicate the whole issue of sharing the gospel. It really is a simple process because, like you said, it's not up to us to convince them. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. We are we are to be uh, you know vessels of God, and we just present the gospel and allow the Holy Spirit to, to go to work. And I think a lot of times we as Christians have a, have a hard time with that because we want to be the ones to, to, to win the soul. And, uh, and so we tend to overcomplicate things. So I, I think that's, that's really smart. It's a good way to look at it. I wanted to get your opinion on this. Uh, do you think President Trump's uh, various Middle East uh, peace plans uh, have any prophetic significance? And uh, whether they do or not, how do you think that may change with a, a Biden pre- presidency? Well, and now you've moved me into politics. <laughs> I stay away from that junk. Seriously, it so depresses me. And the reason it depresses me is that because babies are being slaughtered in the womb uh, legally in our country, and I so wanted to see that change. And um, um, Trump has just got his warts. His character is not a godly character, but his policies so thrilled my heart when it came to Israel, when it came to babies being protected in the womb. And so that's what that's what grieves me more than anything else. And uh, and rather than I've actually backed off from watching all that stuff because it so gets me down, and it's made me more zealous to preach the gospel because. Um, we want to act, lay the axe at the root of the tree, and the root of man's problem isn't politics. It's a sinful heart that loves to do that, which is an abomination to God. Amen. I've noticed that with me as well. There was a time not too long ago, up into, up until just a few months ago, where um, I was really into politics, and I would, you know, I, I would watch all, all these conservative shows like as, as often as I could. Uh, and I started to notice it was doing the same thing to me. It was making me kind of depressed. I was, uh, I was starting to get a little bit prideful, like thinking that I knew a little bit more than everybody else. You know, it was, it was. It, I, I noticed that it was having that effect on me, um, and I, I reached a point where I did the same thing. I just had to back off and say, you know what, uh, Lord, this is in your hands. I, I'm going to stick uh, with your word and uh, trying to reach the loss the best that I can and not allow this stuff into into my spirit. It, w- it was kind of stealing my, my uh, joy that Christ gives us. And I, I've noticed that a lot too with a lot of Christians, that a lot of their joy uh, has been stolen. And I'm wondering if this is a sign because it, it might connect with um, uh, something you mentioned in the book, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It says that a sign that our age is about to end is that people would become proud, blasphemous, lovers of self, lovers of pleasure. Now, I'm sure that you've uh, personally came against this quite often in your street ministry. Uh, in what ways do you see that playing out in our day today? Well, we have a, we have a lot of... Uh professing Christians who aren't soundly saved. Right. They're tears among the wheat, foolish virgins among the wise, bad fish among the good. And so as we go into a little bit of a trial, they'll reveal themselves as not being genuine, which is good, the church being purified. Um, boy, you know, when we see these things come to pass, we're not to get depressed. Jesus said, look up for your redemption is near. And so when we see rotten things happen, we shouldn't let it get us down. We should say, well, this is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. It's not long until the kingdom of God comes. Let's take advantage of every minute and work while it's yet day. You see, what I'm saying when we do this giveaway is I'm saying, Christians, we can toss these up people's yards legally. We don't know how long that's going to last. As of only a few years ago, I was saying, let's go to the university. So let's preach open air. We can't do that now because they're not open. Uh, let's approach people on the street and give them tracks. That's almost hard to do now. And so let's take advantage of this liberty that we have to still toss Christian books 
legally up people's driveways and pray that they'll take them out and read them. So that's where my passion is at the moment. That's where my heart's at. Also, another thing that greatly encourages me is our YouTube channel's got 145 million views. Wow. That's what we say every day. We say, <laughs> whoa, every day. Um, uh, because this is an inroad right into the hearts of people. And I've noticed in the comment sections, there are non-Christians that say, hey, um, I'm not a Christian, but I'm thinking about suicide. Would you pray for me? That's that's tragic, but it's wonderful. They're coming to our YouTube channel. And uh, if you can't get to preach the gospel to your neighbors because they're all closed up, you can't go to a university. What you can do is share YouTube clips all over the place. Uh, because our clips always contain the gospel, and the gospel is the power of God to salvation. And there's something interesting about watching someone share their heart about their fear of death. Our channel is not some loose-necked preacher with sweat on his brow holding a Bible and pointing at you. It's it's it's, it's non—I don't know how to put it. You're a fly on the wall watching over someone's shoulder as someone hears the gospel. Same gospel— but it's not being pointed at you. So it's it's got that uniqueness to touch people's hearts as they watch. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, like a non-invasive approach. And I, I think that's why uh, your channel has become so popular and your show and uh, really your whole ministry all these years. I know for me, that's what draw, uh, you know, years and years ago, that's what drew me to it as well, uh, because it, it's, it's a non-invasive way to learn the gospel, to understand, and to actually see other people's reaction to it who may not have heard it before. Um, speaking of uh, people being kind of shut up in their in their homes, uh, just given the, the state of affairs in our uh, country today, really all over the world today, uh, you, wrote about, you wrote about this. Uh, some have pointed to the recent pandemic as, signs, as a sign of the end times. Do you think COVID is an example of prophecy being fulfilled? Well, you got to go back and say, does God send plagues upon humanity? And people say, oh, no, he's a God of love and mercy. Have you forgotten about Egypt? <laughs> in plagues. And the last one was a killer plague. And God sent them. Yep. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we can. it's either his perfect will or his permissive will, but it is God's will, and he's allowed it. It's happened, and uh, we can see the positive in it, that it's shaken people's foundations. No, Jesus said, he that hears my sayings, and uh, does not obey them. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And what's happening with these 25 million people who are seriously considering suicide is they're realizing their foundation is on sand. And they are right for the gospel. And they're the ones we've got to reach out to. So it's a, a dark opportunity, but a wonderful opportunity. Uh, you know, if God had, how can I say it? If God had seen the future of the world becoming prosperous and healthy, the gospel may not have been accepted by most of the world uh, because of what we're going through uh, perhaps millions even billions will come to Christ so uh, we just trust the Lord in this thing oh amen and that that's uh, that, that happened with 9-11 as well so yeah that, that's what we're praying for uh, that we can see a revival in in uh, you know lieu of all this this chaos in the world in the last couple of chapters of your book, you go over uh, several other signs of the end times. I know that we're limited on uh, time today and can't get through all of them, but uh, are there any others that we haven't covered yet that you want to make mention of? You know, you're reminding me of, you know who Janet Parshall is? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> she's, a, she's a wonderful uh, Bible commentator. She's got, a, she's got a, 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 a hosting show like you've got, very, very popular, and I go on there regularly. And she asked me about a book that I'd written five books ago, and it was about Mark Twain. And she says, I was reading a book about Mark Twain, 
in chapter five, you said blah, blah, blah. And I said, Jana, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. That five books. <laughs> I'm an author myself, so I completely understand that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so when you say in the last few chapters, I think, what on earth did I write? Because I'm writing two other books at the moment. And so uh, I, I just have to, you'll have to either give me more of a clue. Oh, oh, sure. Well, well, well the subject. yeah, that's uh, not a problem. And, and like I said, I, I've been through that many times myself. I completely understand it, especially if you uh, write a few books a year, they, it tends to happen. But uh, like in the last couple of chapters, you, you, you mentioned things like um, uh, a renewed interest in the occult and vegetarianism yes. and, and things like that. Yeah. Second Timothy, uh, I think it's chapter four. It gives a list in the last days of the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Uh, commanding men to abstain from certain foods which God has created to be received with thanksgiving and them that believe and know the truth. And we see that arise in vegetarianism. And i got to tell you, I sympathize with people who don't like the killing of animals. I would be a vegetarian if it wasn't for the smell of chicken cooking in a microwave. It blows me away. And for the fact that when Jesus gave the parable of the prodigal son, he didn't say kill the fatted cabbage. He said kill the fatted calf. Let's have a barbecue. And so barbecue is the most popular smell among human beings, and it is a popular smell for a reason. A steak is delicious, and God has given it to be received with thanksgiving and them that believe and know the truth. And many vegetarians to me and vegans look very sick if it comes down. They need a good steak. Give them some protein. And so, but that's one of the signs of the end of the age uh, and the other side that you spoke of and people becoming in, involved in the occult in the last days. Uh, uh, they'll be seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You just have to watch cable television, and it's all this ghost stuff and horoscope stuff, and all that is occultic and occultic fringes. And uh, that's an area nobody wants to get into uh, because it's, uh, it's a trap. Oh, absolutely. I, I fell for it years and years ago before I uh, dedicated my life to Christ, and uh, I was heavily in, entrenched in New Age theology. I wrote a book about it called The Second Coming of the New Age, because in our day-to-day, -day, there are many churches who, uh, whether they know it or not, have uh, unfortunately accepted New Age practices and beliefs into their congregation and teach that to Christianity. Um, so I, I wrote a book about that. But yeah, there, there is definitely a, a renewed interest in the occult, and New Age is absolutely... Uh, occultic. Um, if there is an unbeliever who's watching right now and this message has grabbed his, his or her attention, uh, what, what would you say to this person? How and why should they start a relationship with Jesus right now? Well, I'd very briefly say to them, when they got up this morning, more than likely they looked into a mirror. And the reason they did that is because they didn't want to go out in public with hair that was outstanding and eyes that are puffy. You go to the mirror, shows yourself in truth, go to the water to wash. Well, the Ten Commandments are like a mirror. The Bible speaks of looking into the perfect law of liberty. That's what I did 40-something years ago. I looked at the words of Jesus and the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever lived, the Sermon on the Mount, where he said this, you've heard it said by them of old, you shall not commit adultery. And I thought, oh, okay, I've never committed adultery. If there's a heaven, I'm going to make it there. And then suddenly I saw his words, but I say to you, whoever looks upon a woman, to lust for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. It was like an arrow hit my chest. I thought, I'm a dead man. Has God see what I think about? Has he see my deeds in darkness and my secret thoughts and the lusts that dwell in my heart? Like every red-blooded guy, I was, what, 22, 
every red-blooded guy, I was burning with, unlawful, burning with unlawful sexual desire. I could look at a woman and in my mind have sex with her just like that. I thought it was some sort of gift. It was so pleasurable. And I thought if God manifests my thought life on Judgment Day, I'm dead meat. I'm, I'm heading for hell. I'm going to be doing that which is right and just because I was ashamed at some of the things that I was thinking about that nobody knew about. And, uh, and that's when I understood why Christ died on the cross. We broke the Ten Commandments, God's law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened. Someone pays your fine, judge can let you go. And God can legally let us go on judgment day. He can let us live forever. He can take death off us and grant us everlasting life as a free gift because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. What we have to do is not ask Jesus into our heart. There's no such thing in Scripture. Christ dwells in our hearts when we're converted, but the way to receive everlasting life is through repentance and faith. In that order, repentance is confessing and forsaking your sins. You can't say I'm a Christian, but you fornicate and lie and steal and lust and blaspheme. That's deceiving yourself. You've got to be genuine. Repentance. And then trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. The reason you put a parachute on is because you don't want to squidge on the ground. Don't want to hit it at 120 miles an hour. Fear causes you to put the parachute on, and the fear that you have sinned against God should cause you to trust in the Savior, the God-given parachute, so that you can be saved from God's wrath on Judgment Day. Jesus was approached by the Pharisees, uh, the religious leaders, and then they said, give us a sign. They came testing him. They didn't really want to know. And Jesus said, no sign shall be given but that of Jonah the prophet. That is the greatest sign you and I can ever want because Jonah the prophet was a type of Jesus. He was swallowed by death and then resurrected out three days later. That's the sign you need because if I was able to convince you intellectually through prophecy, someone comes along with more prophecy from some other source and you're going to backslide. But if the power of God transforms you and causes you to love righteousness when you are loving sin and enjoying every pleasure that it gives, you're made a new creature in Christ so that you love righteousness that's your personal miracle. And I think to myself, Ray Comfort, B.C., was another person. He's, he's, he's dead. He's died with Christ. And for the last 48 years, I've been a brand new person that loves God with a passion. Didn't even think about God for my 22 years as a non-Christian. That's my personal miracle. And that's what you can have to know that you pass from death to life. Amen. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, before I ask you one more time where people can get your book and follow you online, do you have uh, any final thoughts before we close out the show? What would you want most for the audience to take away from this episode? Are you wanting my last words, my final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts, get right with God, and as that's for non-Christians. Christians, take advantage of our offer to send you free books. We pay the shipping. We'll send you the plastic bags, the door hangers, and then pass them out all over this nation. Get up those driveways and, and then pray that people read them and get soundly saved because that's what this nation needs. And it's livingwaters.com. And uh, by the time this goes out, forward slash ctd.com, countingthedays.com, or livingwaters.com will probably get you there. We'll have something on our homepage. Excellent. And uh, if you're watching at home, like I said, we will have all those links available to you. Just click on the uh, description in, the, in this video and you'll see all those links listed out. Uh, thank you so much, Ray, for coming on the show. This has been an absolute blast. We'll have to have you back on again sometime. Well, thank you. I appreciate being here. All right. Well, God bless. And to all of you watching, God bless you as well. Until next time, love you all. Take care and God bless.